Hey, boys and girls, we are talking about Lady Dynamite, episodes five and six. This is your After Buzz panel for Lady Dynamite. Some predictions, talking about all the craziness that's coming up, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. You guys know the song? Yes. When I say, is it because of um, that Heath Ledger movie? Which one? Um, the one uh, with Julia Stiles, where he sings this to her, oh, like at the on the yes. on the um, bench on the bleachers. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who this version is, though. I don't think this is it. Anyway, why are we playing this song? Uh, because we are going to talk about episode five of Lady Dynamite, and the episode is called. I love you! I love you! For very good reason. I am your host, Tamara Brown. You can find me on Twitter, at Brown Tamara. We are missing our bud, Jeff Graham, tonight, but we are still with... Kelsey, Kelsey Hightower, and you can follow me on social media, at, at Kelsey Hightower. Hey guys, Lisa Mason Lee here. You can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. Awesome. Uh, so, Lady Dynamite still keeping us guessing, still always throwing us curveballs left and right. We were talking before the show started, right, Kelsey? Yeah. That yes. you never know what to expect with this show. You really don't. And just when you think that you do, she throws a curveball. So Absolutely. You're so we open up with uh, Maria skating down the streets of Los Angeles, uh, comes into the uh, cafe to meet Larissa and Dagmar, and uh, it turns out that Maria has been going on action dates. I love the name <laughs> of that, action dates, you know? Like, I don't know what that is, except it's like you go and do a bunch of activities and high action, like hiking and skating, and just you get so tired thinking about it, Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's so fun to that they incorporated OkCupid into this episode because yeah. that's so relatable. Have you guys done OkCupid before? No, I haven't done internet dating, but I imagine there's all kinds of different dates out there, like action dates, movie <laughs> dates, you know, go shopping dates, like whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've done Tinder before, uh, but not OkCupid, so I'm not like completely familiar with you choose your own because Maria's screen name is uh, Blade or Die 12. Blade Hard or Die 12. Um, do you choose a screen name? Or do you just use Probably. your regular name? Yeah, I love that. I don't um, know. I'm the I worst at internet dating. Would I you, have no idea. Yeah. Would you yeah. put your real name on there? Well, you do on... Because what about you do the on, creeps? Like, <laughs> well, like on Tinder, your your first name, it's like your first name. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so just your first. But I don't. I actually don't have a lot of experience with online dating, too. We're so not 2016. None of us know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google. We don't know what anything is. Uh, but yeah, and then Dagmar says, I can't believe that there were 11 other people with that handle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so true when you think about it. Um, so it turns out that Maria has been sort of uh, not just exaggerating, but lying about her interests and things like that in order to, uh, I guess, meet somebody, seem, seem really exciting and edgy of what she's supposed what she thinks she should sound like uh on a dating website and which we've kind of run into before like when she was i mean which we all kind of do is we exaggerate a little bit when we're trying to get out there and date but she did that at the dinner party too when she was like she was diane right I love diane. and right. now we just see it at the internet version like 
I'm super fun. I know how to rollerblade. Yeah, rollerblades or yeah. skates up Runyon Canyon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not athletic. Come on. Ooh. I can't even <laughs> make it up Runyon Canyon walking. I, like, I live yeah. near Runyon <gasps> Canyon. That's the joke. Yeah. yeah. I live near Runyon Canyon, so I go pretty often. But, like, oh, man. Sometimes, um, one time I was babysitting a friend's kid, and I had to push a stroller up oh, Runyon Canyon. No. That was killer. <laughs> so, like, I could not rollerblade up Runyon Canyon. Um, she said, Maria says, I'm actually becoming a sport authority. <laughs> so, um, so she's been dating Chad, um, who is played by Adam Paley, and uh, he uh, very—he's he, like the type of dude that wears a GoPro all the time. And um, they're on one of their action dates, and he, of course, very early in the relationship, says, "I love you." And he says, "I didn't want to tell you before we've had our kale shakes." But <laughs> um, did you guys write down your favorite quotes this episode? Yes. Oh, yeah, there were tons of yeah, them. So many. So good. There's always so many. So good. And um, they are, I love the, how, what a love letter to L.A. this show is because, you know, she mentions Runyon Canyon in the cafe mm-hmm. earlier. She's, uh, when when they're having this, like, date where they both say I love you to each other, they're standing in front of the merry-go-round at Griffith Park. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. I just did a race there yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a run to the Hollywood sign. It was only a 5K, which is not that big a deal, but it was like mostly uphill. Yeah. A 5K is still a big deal to me. Like that. I I applaud you. That is very impressive. Yes. I I could not, I actually had to walk most of it because the uphill part I could not do. I could not, I'm not a sports authority. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Oh, and what was the part they I guess they go back to cut back to her talking to Larissa and Dagmar, but um at the record store? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Dagmar gets mad at Larissa and like as she as she's leaving she goes, "I respect your journey." <laughs> why why did Dagmar tell her? Dagmar to- said Listen, C-word, can you please go? My therapist says you're a trigger. Yeah. So I guess, like, she had some turnover in her life where they're just, like, butting heads. I don't know. (laughs) Dagmar, well, because they were talking, she was telling Dagmar about um, how she's going to break up with Chad, right? That's what we're talking about, yeah. And then I think Dagmar was like, it's just because you're scared. Like, he told you he loves you and, like, just accept that. We love you and all this stuff. And I think Maria, in defense of, like, no, I want to break up with him. She like makes up all these excuses. Like, he was killing the puppies that were ca- that were curing cancer, and I have to break up with him. Who does that? You know, and all yeah. of that. So she's just like, get out. Like you can't take it. So now this episode got even more liberal with the c word. Oh <laughs> when, yeah. When like he's at yeah. the batting cages and I'll call. that scene was like uncomfortable. Just hearing like bitch, cunt. Just yeah. All of them. All of them. All of the seven. The seven deadly words that you're not allowed to say on television. Bet you can on Netflix. I was about to say they're on Netflix. Yeah. So, uh, what did Freedom. you guys? What did you guys think of Chad in that batting cages scene? Well, was that her warped perspective of Chad? Is that what it ended up being? I don't know, Lisa. Was it? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure. I'm yeah, asking was, you guys. I, I didn't catch that, but is you? You could be absolutely right. Was, yeah, because that... she, because I thought the whole thing was is that she's afraid of love and she keeps trying to find reasons to block it out and okay. you know come up with excuses to not be in love. I'm an idiot. That makes more sense. Ah. I think he he. You're right because he. What do you think, Kelsey? That was when it was all the sepa color, right? It kind of did that greenish color. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then it was talking about the dogs and curing cancer. It was like the scientists and everything, and then the batting cages <laughs> and like all these reasons. So I, I think I'm kind of on board with you. Is like I think she was – that was her perspective as far as like justifying her reasons for breaking up with him maybe because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like 
there was no other reason. He seemed like a good guy. Like, he mm-hmm. loves her. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, let's come up with some reasons. You're an, you're a monster. Like, I can't be with you. So I, I agree with you. Like, work perspective or amplifying that, I think. You're right. I think you're absolutely right. I Sometimes I'm slow to catch on to the, the meaning behind things. But you're, you're right. She is. The point of this was that she projects a certain thing onto somebody so that she has an excuse to to break up with them. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when she is talking to um, Dagmar and Larissa in the, um, in the record store, she keeps repeating, he, uh, and the veil was lifted and the monster was revealed. Yeah. yeah. And I thought something was weird about this line because of the fact that she kept, I mean, it is a funny line, but they, she kept repeating it three times. So I was like, oh, this line means something for some reason. Did yeah. you guys think that? Yeah. Agreed. Did you analyze it? Did you Google it? I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> but it thought, comes back at the end. No, just it, because at the end. Yeah. 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 It was like it was repeated so many times. Yeah. So I guess they were just trying to plant in our heads, like, remember this. Yeah. Yes. One of those lessons. It's going to be an Easter egg brought Love. out later on. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. So um, when, so when in the scene where she's with Karen, uh, Karen Grisham, the realtor. The second Karen Grisham. <laughs> the, second, the second Karen Number Grisham. Two. Love in a, her. In a oh. series of Karen Grishams. We we will soon learn. Um, so when they're when Karen is showing, uh, so Maria wants to unload the house that she just purchased, right? Because Lots. Susan doesn't like it, apparently, right? Right? Didn't Susan? You know, Susan was jealous of the fact that she bought this house, right? It's like she first so. Susan wanted her to buy it, and then she's like, now that she got it, she's like, I don't want you to have this house. And why do you have to throw things, your success in my face and stuff yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. So she's unloading the house. Was this was this scene present, right? Was it or was it? Yeah, I oh. believe so. Yeah, wait, because Maria's there wasn't ha- no, any she update. went to the past. Okay, for Maria's house. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, oh. it was because that's when. So they're using the the. No, okay, it's confusing. This is this is what I wanted to clear up because I think when Karen Grisham is like baking the cookies and saying no, those are not social cookies; those are business cookies, right? Pleasure cookies. Um. This scene with Karen Christian was so creepy, <laughs> with the, by the way. It but did. then, um, but then it cuts back to past uh, because show when she when she meets Graham, right. So I guess that's why for a minute I got kind of confused whether it was it was uh, past or present. So because mm-hmm. I think I remember it being past, and we don't go. Because that, that was kind of the, the past, like, the lesson, I feel like, or the little nugget that there's no boundaries with men, mm-hmm. but just like what you were saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, Karen Grisham tells, she tells her, her her checklist commercial, the ad is popping up uh, in the middle of her porn, so I had to work you in. Uh, <laughs> I work you in. <laughs> I laughed at that. That was I laughed pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do it. But then it gets, when she's like. She's so violent she's and She's so strange. violent to her and like, like almost assaulting her in the kitchen. Like that scene got so uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I think that's a perfect word. Cause like I even felt uncomfortable watching it. I was just like, oh, back away, back away from <laughs> me. Let her go, the little lamb. Yeah, you you keep you keep calling her the little I know, lamb. because you're right. that first you're... episode, it's just like, remember when she was, she cut with that mm-hmm. um, graphic of her being a lamb. Mm-hmm. It's in my mind forever. You're right. No, that's it's a good, there. <laughs> that's a good way to describe her. And I think, I think she would agree with that. Um, so then we see that Maria says that she has, how does she put it? She has like, um, 
she's jumped into things too quickly before. And so we see that um, illustrated because um, when she is when the house is being shown, she goes into the bedroom, and we're introduced to Graham, who um, is just like hanging out in there with the puppies. And they suddenly they start talking and suddenly find out that they have all of these things in common. <laughs> Use the same deodorant and right. um, the shirt. Like yeah. pulls it out. And was like, <laughs> I'm literally strong. wearing this exact same <laughs> yeah. shirt. Did you guys recognize Dean Kane right away? Actually, no. I had I to. Ke- I kept looking and I kept watching. I'm like, after about four takes, I was like, okay, that's Dean Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I did too, kind of, because I was like, I think that's Dean Kane, but yeah. he looks so different. But I think yeah. that's him. And then it was. Mm-hmm. I love Dean Kane. I'm glad he he showed up in that episode. So, um, so he's a stunt man <laughs> with no credit. Yes. Oh. Uh, so he, yeah. Oh, he's a stunt man. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't catch that part. That makes sense because I was like, is he an extra? Um, okay. That I makes, feel like they just kind of more sense. that in. They, yeah, there, they there did. There was quickly. a lot of little things in this episode and episode six where I'm like, did I just miss it? Because maybe I like looked down to take a note or, right. or mm-hmm. is it not clear? I'm, I, I don't know if it was my fault or if there was a lot of things that were just kind of like quickly brushed over. Or not. I think it's very quick now. And I feel like they sneak a lot of stuff in because I found myself pausing it a few times. I paused mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like pause and then I wrote something else because even like the funny lines that they would do I was like oh my gosh that's so funny I have to write that down and I'm like typing and then it's like oh wait what did they just say I just missed a whole plot point you know right getting Um, quicker so (laughs) where when um, she and Graham are on the date and they're like getting to know each other and he doesn't get the house because he's got like a super low credit rating and then she's like uh you own a Jaguar Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You own three Jaguars? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, I love how you said that, too, because he was like, I have three if you count the third one. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? I just feel like it's some kind of typical weird conversation that happens in L.A. I don't know. I feel like I've had experiences like that. I'm like, what did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Or like one of those things where it's like, oh, y- you know. You look you you look so skinny. Are you okay? Oh my god! Thank yeah. you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Chad's uh, okay Cupid handle going back to the present is Secret Agent Chad, <laughs> and uh, yeah. when they put when they popped up when they put his um his his okay Cupid thing on there. Um, I was like, oh, that's such a, like, cheesy, like, of course that would be the dude that calls himself Secret Agent Chad. Uh, little did I know yet at that point that there was a reason that that was his name, but, like, it just seemed like one of those, like, generic, um, online profiles that a dude would call himself that. It's clicking right now when you said it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so Maria, uh, goes out on a, a date to break up with the purposes to break up with Chad. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting at the table talking to Brian, the waiter. Um, I love this scene uh, because of <laughs> Gorloff, the mixologist. <laughs> the drinks uh, were my favorite part, I think. I know. Are you guys a fan of, of mixology? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the little vials and they're dumping things in there and yeah. bitters. I'm like, what's in there? This is fun. Totally. Is yeah. I go to like Tonga Hut in North Hollywood and Clifton's downtown and like all the places where they like, they smack the mint to bring up oh, the yeah. flavor and then like put on, um, like, what's the Rind word? Grind. Grind the nutmeg right on top and stuff like that. And then it cost $14. But 
Um, so so worth it. Um, so Gorloff, our mixologist, <laughs> and as they show him, he's like in this old timey like carnival man <laughs> hat, and they're playing like <laughs> carnival music. So yes, the drinks, the, the drinks. I wrote them down because yeah. I was like so impressed. She had the Devil's Sugar Bowl, uh-huh. Grandma's Candy Store, <laughs> and my favorite glass of sugar. Glass I love sugar. that one. That topped it off. What's perfectly. in this? It's just a glass of sugar. sugar. <laughs> Gorloff left. It's late. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. Um, so she, um, the purpose of what she was there for was to. Tell Chad that it was they were going too soon and it was ending and she wanted to break up with him, but of course he didn't show up. Um, tisk tisk. What were you guys thinking at this point? Typical. No. <laughs> yeah. I I thought he was gonna come, but he didn't. Same. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of typical where she went there with, like you said, the intention of breaking up with him. He didn't show up, stood her up, and she was like, "I'm gonna go find him." Like I am mad about that. Yeah. I'm going to find him. I'm like. Just like Brian, the waiter, was saying, it's like, well, he's gonna, you were gonna break up with him anyway. Yeah. Why does it matter? Let yeah. it go. Yeah. And like, as women, we're just like, I need to we're, get to the bottom of this. We are. We're detectives. Yes. Where? Why we did need, he show We up? need closure. We have to. It closure. has to be over. We need to close the book. Yeah. I need to break up with him. Yep. So we find out <laughs> that uh, Chad didn't show up. Why? Because he died. And um, <laughs> we find that out. Well, the family, she gets back home and her, uh, the family is there grieving. They find out that he died from uh, because of his, they watch his GoPro. And uh, that's how they knew who Maria was because they saw that scene on yeah. his GoPro. Um, so poor Chad died. Um, did they say what the accident was? They, what they did, about, but do you oh, want to explain it? No, you go ahead, because I didn't. It was something about a linebacker, or was okay. that the joke? I think that was the joke. Okay, because they the son was like, just like that linebacker was a good guy, dad, or something like that. Uh-huh. I didn't quite catch it either, so that's why I was hoping you. But it was like an ex, he died in an explosion or something epic, and I heard there was like an explosion. Or I something. think they said it at the funeral, but I I didn't really catch it. Like something um, blew up, and then he kept walking. Yeah, like a true <laughs> active guy. Um, so then we cut back to Duluth, mm-hmm. and um, this is this is also what gets confusing to me because in just this very short thirty-minute episode, we go through so many uh, aspects that aren't really um, clearly interconnected. So when we go back to Duluth, um, like the reason that we're we're thinking about this, it it could stand alone on its own. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to Chad, I don't think. So, like, that's Mm-mm. why sometimes I forget, like, which episode ha- what happened in which episode. Um, so they're back in Duluth and um, <laughs> we meet Paul, Susan's husband, and uh, Susan doesn't like it when I'm creative. <laughs> like, he's just <laughs> yeah. this poor, brow-beaten husband. Now, normally, I really despise the trope uh, in television of, like, of, like, the, um, the banshee wife who rules the roost and doesn't like to have any fun and doesn't let her husband have any fun. And um, coincidentally, um, I feel like like Jed Apatow has that a lot in his movies, is like the wife that like is always like, why are you going out with your friends and spending time with me? Even though in episode six, um, we label Paul Rudd as a um, champion for women. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I would disagree. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I normally hate the, the television trope of like the poor browbeaten husband. But in this right. instance, it's done so, so um, skillfully and like 
with Mo Collins as Susan and Paul being so funny, like it's just it's just done really well. So it is, and there was a lot of truth in that too. When um, when they set up the Skype date, when Paul and Maria were setting up a Skype date, and he was like, "Okay, we can do it tonight because she's going to be taking an hour and forty five minute bath, two hours <laughs> if there's wine," and you're just like. Well, that's true. Right. It's a possibility. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. You just really side with him, I think. And yeah. you just see Maria's like, you need art. And I wonder if that's also a part of, you know, what helped her get through a lot of the, her, you know, the mental things mm-hmm. that she was going through. Depression and, and just anxiety and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they say that art and creative projects do help. That's why, like, the adult coloring books are, are really popular right now. I know. They're great. Well, and it's funny because Susan, she was like, um, when Maria was saying, you know, he needs to draw, and he, I really think he's depressed. Like, I'm depressed. I think he's depressed. I can tell. She's like, everybody's depressed. It's called adulthood. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you're just like... Coloring books. Let's give everybody some coloring books. Yeah. I love that that was Susan's comeback. Her comebacks are so good. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess this scene a little bit we kind of see because, um, like, we kind of talked about um, our last panel that Susan seems to be getting more and more aggressive. Yeah. And this might be a reason that we see a little bit of why. Um, not that, you know, she and Paul had anything romantically going on, but just the fact that she was, like, trying to, like, support Paul and help him. And Susan got jealous over that and and even Maria's parents thought it was inappropriate. Yeah, that's true. And I think too Susan might be just frustrated with Paul like as far as quit being depressed, you know, just get in your Lexus and let's go, you know, all this kind of <laughs> stuff. It's just like we can see her becoming like more aggressive and fierce. So, mm-hmm. I think we'll probably see that yeah, more on too. So Maria's parents come home and um, they had gone to see Quantained, <laughs> the Cirque du Soleil show Quantained, uh, which is French, but it makes you feel so American. I um, love that. <laughs> and then uh, they have uh, so many sexual innuendos because the, the, the Cirque show was about putting things inside other things. <laughs> yeah. And then her parents get like, really uncomfortably saucy and look in the kitchen. Have we seen that before with her parents yet? No, I don't feel like that they've had that connection yet. I don't think so yet. But in episodes five and six, we start to see this like inappropriate uh, sexualness to to her parents, and it's it's, it's very funny and very uncomfortable. But. It is. It's kind of funny too. Like, do you think about that? Like with your own parents, it's just like you're watching your own <laughs> parents because they're such a midwestern yeah. family, and you're just like. Oh, mom, yeah. dad, gross. I, mean, yeah, you know? I think, yeah, anybody, any time parents get any way, uh, give you an indication that they're real people, it gets you. Sure <laughs> they're real people. So, <laughs> so um, and then her mom even says, like, uh, we don't we don't express our feelings. You keep them bottled up. It's the Midwestern way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Do you guys feel that way as Midwesterners? Of course. <laughs> I laughed a lot at that part. I was just like... Touche. Yeah. I could mm-hmm. I could kinda see that, you know, like <laughs> yeah, don't talk about that or you know, whatever. It's like you could kinda yeah. get that impression for Do sure. these Duluth flashbacks usually do is is bottling your feelings up kind of a theme of them? I, I guess not really, because um like when the band played and Maria kind of had a breakdown on stage, I guess I don't know. Do no, I know what so? you're saying. I feel that way and it's like trying to figure out how to get them out, how to exercise the demons per se. Yeah, you know, and with her mom being so religious and Maria talking about that a lot, it's just kind of like um, maybe she's not encouraged to really like talk about it. It's just kind of like 
just be fixed, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, Paul, when, when she can't see Paul anymore, she finds, like, the little note, and it says, Maria, I'm grounded. It was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that was sweet. Aww, it was so sweet. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to the present, and it's Chad's funeral. And, um, okay, so now that you say that part about how the batting cages was, that was her imagination, like her projecting that on Paul. Because when they're giving, um, when they're, one of his friends is giving the eulogy, and he's talking about all of Paul's charities, and he donated to... Uh, Pug life and all of these things and what and I was like <laughs> pug life. I was like, was that uh, w- were they lying about his charities? And now it makes right. sense. Like, okay, because I wrote down like, were they lying about about all of the good things that mm-hmm. he did? And I realized now, no, he really was a great person. Now that I understand that, it was because that 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 batting cage scene didn't really happen. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. <laughs> Thank yep. you. Um, so then uh, Maria gives a very heartfelt eulogy. And uh, and we cut and we kind of understand what the um, the line about the the veil was lifted. And what does she say? Like she said, I was I'm, putting up too many boundaries and I was keeping love out. Yeah. And she says the veil has been lifted, yeah. and where the monster was is where I am. <laughs> so I think she's kind of like saying like she's now the monster instead of like the projection of like the monster. She's like becoming that. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then as she, um, she walks off stage and, uh, and this other woman, they introduce is like Chad's <laughs> <her> wife. wife. <laughs> I didn't so see that good. coming at all. Yeah. So good. No, there's, there's one of our curveballs of this episode. And then yes. it gets even better. Yes. So, um, so then after the funeral, Maria is, uh, talking to one of the other agents and we find out that secret agent Chad was an agent at CAA, and these action dates were action dates that were just trying to get her as a new client. <laughs> like auditions. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, because we know in LA, you say maybe some um, people throw around a lot of things that they don't mean, like, let's do lunch, let's hang out, I love you. Right. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of like code, too. It's like, I love you means I'm signing you. Like, yeah. you're in, you know? I, I love you. what you do. I love your act, you know? Yep, exactly. So, and I think that there's, um, as far as themes go, I think that that was like a whole theme is like kind of getting to see that Hollywood insider perspective of just like, she does that a lot though too, like with, you know, the manager, her manager and like agents, other agents like Karen and Mm -hmm. stuff, just really seeing like what you think about like Hollywood as far as like wheeling and dealing and getting a chance to look behind the curtain of of the way the entertainment industry works Mm -hmm. and that's that's one of my favorite things about the show okay so before we move on to episode 6 anything else we want to talk about in episode 5 I think we covered everything awesome yeah so episode 6 loaf coach love coach <laughs> love coach so we start out with um she's having a a meeting with bruce and um <laughs> what what was this what was this meeting about um it wasn't so much about maria's career right it was all about bruce and his passion project <laughs> and we all know somebody everybody in hollywood has their passion project and bruce has his and he's just trying to tell everybody like the server and he's pitching to the server and the server was just like oh, I gotta go he's like I'll get your waiter okay <laughs> yeah I'll get your waiter and then Bruce is like Maria no notes isn't that such a great thing you know like <laughs> we're doing it so yeah I thought that was funny just a good insider of like we've all met with our friends over coffee and they're like 
I want to pitch you a passion project of mine, you know? Yeah. And she's just not into it. She's not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she's probably heard that uh, so many times, as we all have. I'm starting a new podcast. Oh, I'm really yeah. excited about my new crafting blog and, mm-hmm. you know, everything. I love the line uh, when he's, like, asking her, how her how are you doing? It's like, things are rough right now. Um, <laughs> my pug ripped his bee costume. <laughs> <laughs> I love so that. So perfect. And I'm glad that she's learning to say no. This is kind mm-hmm. of the first part where we've seen her... Stand up for herself. Know. Yeah. 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 I was Good hoping point. that. I was hoping to see her start standing up for herself. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That was one of the first times we've seen that. Um, so then we... Uh, now, this part was confusing to me. We go to her... She's having a therapy session. <laughs> the life coach. <laughs> the life coach. Um, who was I, I, was Jenny Slate, which was really cool. A um, lot of action-packed celebrity uh, cameos in this episode. Mm-hmm. Really fun for comedy nerds. Um so, but I was like, I wrote down, who is she? Meaning, like, we, we, I was like, complete, this was like a new character introduced to us, but we're not, it's not told, we don't even know her name at this point. Okay, well, I thought I saw it flash real quick when they showed the exterior of her house, and it said Karen Grisham again. Yes. Okay. So this is Karen Grisham See, three. three. I realized later, just only at the end of the credits, when it said Karen Grisham, and that's when I realized that it was Karen Grisham. I guess I missed that title card when it did that. But, but they, I don't, they probably didn't even say it. I think it was yeah. just like a Because she never said her name. Quickly. I was waiting for her to say her name yeah. in the therapy session, and she never did. Uh, but but until she when um, Karen gives her her brother's mm-hmm. um and her brother's name is uh Carl Grisham. Yes. And so then I then I was like, oh she must be I I don't know. At that point I was like not still not knowing that her name is also Karen Grisham. I was like, is she I don't know. Um I'm a little confused by all the Karen Grishams. I'm wondering what that means. Like that there's three of them. Is it just you know, this person that she's I've been creating. I don't I don't really get why there's three of them all the same. I like it, but I, I just think don't understand that it. They took the name Karen Grisham and thought that's such a like status name mm-hmm. that all of these people that influence Maria's life, they're all Karen Grishams because they're all mm-hmm. very like strong, um, more than strong, like domineering personalities. Um but, but we may may find out down the road that there's a reason that they're all Karen Grishams. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a very good point, that they're all very powerful influences in her life. I yeah. get, Like, I definitely see that now that you said that. Yeah. So we, um, so then we go to, so she, <laughs> she introduces, um, she gives Maria the information for Carl Grisham, her twin brother. <laughs> So, so weird still. So weird. She, who lives right next door, she walks outside and goes and looks up at the address and <laughs> is like, oh, here it is. And the brother answers the door. And um, uh, Jason Monsukas, by the way, uh, and, and he goes, um, he says, oh, my sister sent you, huh? What was she wearing? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so Game of Thrones, like so <laughs> creepy <Yeah>. twin. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. yeah. So what did you guys? Uh, what did you guys think of Carl Grisham when he was first introduced? I liked the part when she said, "Are you a life coach? What are you?" And he's like, "Like the opposite." And she was like, "A death coach." <laughs> and he was like, "The death of productivity." And I was like, mm, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, and then it's it's revealed that there's beanbags everywhere with this rope alongside. <laughs> it's just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. And at first I'm just like, 
yes, I want to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want my life to be. Yeah. <laughs> you want to enjoy a stick of butter? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like these ridiculous therapy sessions you can get out here, mm-hmm. like from one uh, array to another. And I feel like that's an example of just an over the top thing you can pay for if you have the money. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and, and like, <laughs> I kind of, re- I, I kind of uh, was on board with Carl uh, in that he was like, ever since the Industrial Revolution, everything just got too fast. Because I've always been a person <laughs> that's just like, I, like everybody, everybody talks about being busy like it's a badge of honor. Yeah. Like if you're not busy, you're kind of a loser mm-hmm. today in 2016. But and it's but it's been like that for a long time. Like you. When somebody asks you how you are, it's almost like you're expected to be like, oh, crazy busy. Like, you wouldn't believe it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's always kind of bothered me. I always purposely will be like, oh, you know, things are, things are good, not too much, this and that. You know, like, I've I've always uh, been annoyed at, like, the need to sound overexerted. Mm-hmm. Like how many projects you have going on mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like you have to pull out your list. I completely agree. It's like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm starting this project and yeah. I've been here and I've done this and I'm planning this and you're just like, too much, you know? I'm on your page. So, uh, absolutely. So to illustrate his point about the world moves too fast right now, we get this uh, Ben Franklin <laughs> cartoon <laughs> animation uh, to literally illustrate his point. This cartoon is so weird and funny because he's twirling his dick (laughs) as he's talking. It's like a sign of just just overconfident conceit. I'm standing here giving you my opinion, twirling my dick. Yep. Genius. (laughs) So good. So good. Um... So let's see. Uh, enjoy sticking butter. Uh, the butter was great. <laughs> I just really like how they were on beanbags that roll, yeah. and then they have rope that lines the whole house, and you just pull yourself along as you go. I was like, I need to put that in my house. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> so um, then we cut back to. I guess we're we're going to past, mm-hmm. and uh, Maria wakes up and she follows this trail of petals. Um, very sweet. <laughs> And uh, Graham is in the kitchen lifting weights. Uh, Graham is in the kitchen, not with Dinah. He's out there lifting weights. And so um, I was like, oh, man, Dean Kane is buff. He's a big guy. Um, so he's lifting weights, and he tells he tells Maria uh, that his kids are coming to visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All um, of the kids. And so she. This is this is the part where I think for the first time in the series. So he tells Maria that his kids are coming to visit, and she her anxiety takes over, and her anxiety manifests itself in trying to overexert herself and be like, I'll take on any task. And so she's like, I love kids. I will take them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend all the time with your kids. And um, that was for the first time in the series that I think I got, like, in- Maria gave me anxiety. It's like, oh, don't, don't, tr- you're, this is so, such a bad idea. This is such a bad idea. Yeah. How did that scene make you guys feel? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It's just, like, you actually kind of can predict, like, Maria, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. Like, for the first time, you're just like, I know it's not going to end well sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she says, I, I love kids. 
their faces and their skins. <laughs> <laughs> faces and their skins. Uh, so uh, not the thing that you say uh, when you love children. Yeah. Um, so then we go in. He's like, oh, okay, great. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking care of them. So we go to um, her shooting her Target commercial. Um, I guess in this, where it's not a Target commercial, right? It's just a generic. It's called Checklist, right? Oh, right. Yes. Checklist. Checklist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was happy to see Betsy Sodaro, who's a super funny comedian uh, I know from UCB, and she played, like, I guess, craft services. Um, she was the one that Maria's talking to, and she she's like, her hands on <laughs> She's like, can I wipe off my hands on your, your hair? hair? That was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, so the kids show up, and, and they're, they're little, and um, Maria is just taking them everywhere she takes them to the grove and she takes them to they're they're going um <laughs> they, they go to the grove they're going to build a bear and the homeless man exposes them, himself to them <laughs> also yeah. again love letter to la yeah <laughs> we've all been there all the time if i had a nickel <laughs> um can we rewind real, real quick Please. to that scene, right, when she's doing the commercial, and then she tosses the pin, and it goes in a person's eyeball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Karen okay. strolls in, her agent, and she's just she, like, like her away. oh, you know, like, it wasn't even a big deal. It's like she just pulls her out of the scene. It's like one crazy thing to another. It's like no time to even, like, sympathize with anything. It's like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know what I did? So when, so when Karen Grisham, the agent... Um, shows up and um, starts sorting to take a, take control of the situation. I was like, oh, okay, because I I guess when Karen Grisham, the therapist, was there, and and I realized that her name was Grisham too because she gave uh, her brother's card. I thought for a second, like, did they recast Karen Grisham? Is that what they're doing? Like, this is this is her agent, even though they're in like a therapy session, but this is the new Karen Grisham or something? That was one of the thoughts. Mm-hmm. But then when Anna Gasteyer came back as uh, Karen Grisham, I was like, okay, no, that was just uh, another one. Still confused uh, in my head about what the, the first Jenny Slate Grisham therapy woman was. Um, so yeah, so then we find out that um, the kids aren't little. <laughs> <laughs> His kids are like 14, 16, uh, very well behaved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very well behaved. They thank Maria, like, we haven't been to Build a Bear in years. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> and uh, so again, uh, I guess this time I got that the little kids were just in her mind. That was her projection on them. That was her uh, seeing them as she saw them. I got that this episode, whereas the last episode I did not understand that Chad at the batting cages was her her projection. So, so yeah, that was a cool thing. <laughs> she saw the kids as little when they weren't. I know. That was pretty funny because they were like ro- doing roller coasters and all these like kid things <laughs> and they're just like oh they're adults you know like that's funny um oh and then oh and she gets out of what, what is she the fake new york city trip what is she trying to get out of she's trying uh yeah, get away from graham uh, yeah. yeah because oh was it just spending more time with the kids yeah, I think it was just being overwhelmed, and yeah. she is just, like, mothering everybody, and, like, what you were talking about, just over, 
totally you know exerting herself exerting stretching herself, herself yes. too thin yes and so she just kind of got to that point where she was like i need to get away yeah and so she's just like making up excuses i feel like we she do took that with- a fake phone call and said it was her agent right. and she had a gig in new york and she's like gotta go he's like aren't you even gonna pack <laughs> she's yeah. like it's new york <laughs> Um, give me away now. Yeah. <laughs> but never goes. Never goes. Stays in a, in a motel. Down the street. <laughs> Down the street. <laughs> and the interior. I was like, ooh, that, the exterior looks familiar. I'm pretty sure that motel is on Sunset. But I want to see the inside of the rooms to see if they really do have that, like, Hollywood sign yeah. wallpaper. Yeah. That would be super cool if it did. I love motels. I love, like, the kitschier, chintzier, the better. Oh, me too. I think they're so neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> so Graham calls and okay now that you say that he's a stuntman this makes sense <laughs> he's like uh, sorry I'm on the set of, I'm on the set of Dinosaur Priest <laughs> <laughs> so good would that yeah. exist? The, I guess it's like Sharknado <laughs> or you know yeah, Octopus versus Werewolf or yeah, whatever yeah. yeah so good so that made me laugh out loud yeah um, and so he um, he oh and this is this is an, again when I got like frustrated with Ms. Maria again for the first time in this series when he's trying to say let's slow things down this has gotten crazy like let's take a step back exactly the things that she wants to hear because mm-hmm. she's on board too but instead whatever you know like <laughs> her her mental um, her her mental issues are making her like charge the situation full force so she says let's get married. Um, how did that make you guys feel? Uh, uh, go ahead. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know because it's like, we keep seeing these things where, you know, he's inviting the kids over. He's like, let's slow down. And she's exactly what you said, right on board. Like, okay, this is what I want. And then she says the exact opposite. And I don't know if that's also something that maybe we do too, but like, because of her anxiety and all the stuff that she goes through, it's just like amplified. Yeah. But it's interesting because right after she does that, we see her cut to screaming, like in, like in the shower. Yeah. We've like she seen knows she scre- messed up. Yeah. That's yeah. like a theme this episode so Mm -hmm. she found a shower on the set of checklist and then in the motel she's like in that shower and like right when she was leaving like in the car she was like screaming into like a sponge or something and it's like that's how she's releasing all of the anxiety Mm -hmm. but it's just like she makes the decision or she like is she somebody's giving her the out or giving her the right decision and she's like on board with it but then she says the wrong thing and then she's like frustrated it frustrated and doesn't know how to like handle it, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know? So I think I can sort of relate. I mean, obviously her version is very extreme, but you know, when you like, I don't need his ass anymore, you know? And then uh, he's like, well, I don't need you. Like, wait, come back. Don't go. Don't leave me. It's kind of like that, I think. That's true. And then you get him back and then you're crying in the shower. Like, why? (laughs) There's sponge. (laughs) Bad decision. Yeah. Uh, Then we've got the song, You Got a Loaf. Oh, yeah. Great little music video. <laughs> <laughs> Another little um, surprise that they throw in just, just to keep us on our toes. Um, we go to um, Bruce's meeting with Raphael. Um, and he, uh, was it in that scene? I wrote down, uh, so relaxed, I'm almost depressed. I don't remember if Maria said that or was that in Bruce's scene? Oh, that was with Carl, I think. That sounds like it would be Carl. Okay. Which, that montage, I think, is one of my favorite montages of um, this series, where they're 
they don't move at all, but the camera does all of those cuts oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like they are completely still, just lethargic, mm-hmm. and then it's just like weird, jarring camera shots everywhere. Very creative. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as they're lounging, she gets a call from Judd Apatow. <laughs> and Judd. I love this yeah. because they just completely like call out uh, exactly what Judd Apatow's probably Wikipedia page says. Like, <laughs> totally. Like uh, a pioneer for women in comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, we're going to make a, a mashup of Bridesmaids Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's called... Uh, Bridesbusters? Uh, Ghost Ghostmaids? Ghostmaids? Oh, that would have been really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then so she good. has to say no. I I don't know. It was so interesting because Carl's, like, sitting there, and he's like, can't take it. No. Two thumbs down. You can't work. This is, like, we're doing nothing, all that stuff. And so she has to turn him down. Yeah, and... Um, and that was, oh, was like, oh, just, no, Maria, bad decision, bad decision. Yeah. Um, but he tells her to turn it down because you need to relax and, and everything like that. And Judd Apatow is very disappointed. He tells, uh, he tells his assistant to, uh, I love this because this is such a very specific reference. Go to her house with Mike Douglas DVDs, the ones that she <laughs> loves with Tody Fields. Do you guys know who Tony Fields is? No. I don't either. I only happen to know because my grandpa was, was really into like old, uh, like, like, Borscht Belt type comedy. Toadie Fields was like from the '60s. She was mm-hmm. she was a female comedian. Oh. Um, but it was just you know like I love those old episodes of Mike Douglas. Like I'm I'm a I I love to like YouTube those old episodes. So the fact that she mentions Toadie Fields, I'm like I can't believe they referenced her. Like nobody knows who she is. But that's, that's cool. so cool. I love yeah. that. I love those just little winks to the audience. Um, so then we go we go back to Duluth. And um, and feel free to like if I'm skipping over anything you guys want to talk about, jump in. You're perfect. But, uh, yeah. We go back to Duluth and um, another cameo I love Esther Pavitsky. Um, very funny. She also goes by Little Esther. Um, she plays. Uh, she looks really. Young. I actually don't know how old she is in real life, but she's not a teenager. And um, hmm. she, she does look young. Yeah. yeah, she might actually. She might even be around thirty. I'm not sure. But wow. I would not have guessed that at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but she she's called Little Esther because she's little and she you know looks young and stuff. But mm-hmm. she's she's great. Um, so she <laughs> they're like this is she plays Christy who um, uh, needs advice on her um, comedy routine and um, and so um, uh, 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 sorry I'm like oh we got we got to like, hurry up wrap it up. Um, so Christy needs advice from Maria and it, again it's one of those comments where they ta- kind of talk about like. Um, people not getting Maria's comedy. We talked a yeah. lot about that, and I think it was episode four where it was like, there's always like the funny person who doesn't think Maria's funny. Right. And that's who Christy is in this scene. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and so then uh, Maria's mom um, comes in and <laughs> brings Maria her violin. And um, mm-hmm. uh, so let's see. It's interesting what happened into Duluth be- or in Duluth is because, um, or what I think is interesting is that she kind of gives us a glimpse into her comedy and like um, how she uses maybe her parents um, as her comedy, I think. And so mm-hmm. she kind of teaches Christy to also do that. 
And then it turns out to be a bad thing because Christy's mom has cancer. And so it's just like her mom comes and talks to her and is like, oh, thank you so much for, you know, coaching Christy and all this kind of stuff. And and yeah. And so it's kind of like seeing how she uses the parents in her comedy. And then she's like, she does have that moment when she comes back to her parents and is like, thank you for letting me do that. I realize Mm -hmm. now. Um, let's skip ahead because we have to wrap up. Sure. But like, let's jump to the end of the episode. So Sarah basically, Silverman. so uh, Sarah Silverman gets the part because Maria dragged her feet, and Sarah Silverman is basically like, um, "You can have the part back. Uh, you have to go on this scavenger hunt." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that was really enjoyable because the things were like, "Buy crack, draw blood from the Lucas brothers," yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and then it turns out that Sarah was just kidding. Uh, she was like, I'm high all the time. What else do I do besides make scavenger <laughs> yeah. hunts? Um, and so... Uh, so and we got the, to see Tig as well. And Tig Nutaro. I yeah, love her. That was really she's, great. She's great. She literally, she calls out, like, I'm here for no reason other than just a, a cameo. <laughs> so fun. So Maria, or, so Maria gets the um, the Perfect. roll back, which is awesome. And um, she she kisses Sarah Silverman's. Now you said earlier that you had to pause it at a couple places. Yeah. Um, so she kisses Sarah Silverman's hand. The ring. I had to pause that to read several times what it said. Oh yes, I didn't write I it down. Yeah, about that. It said comedy's bad girl. Yeah. 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 But at first I thought it said like bondage bad girl. I so then, at the very last scene, we see Maria missed the table read. Oh, I know. and that because, feeling ugh, is the worst. Like that, if if that ever happened to you guys, had so many nightmares where I've I've screwed myself over like that yeah, for a big and, opportunity. For a big opportunity, I've I've been there. Oh my god, that that last scene it was just like gut wrenching. Yes, but it's all resolved because the dog, her pug, reminds her that uh, you're okay. Yeah. Um, and you finally got rest. Yeah. Um, he says um, I, she knows what she's doing. She finally got rest, and she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, and she stopped mothering other people, and she's now learned how to mother herself and to learn how to be fully rested. Yeah. Yeah. So Very it sweet. seemed this, this episode like actually that. ended in a good place. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, it ended on a positive note. Yeah. And credits roll as Bruce <laughs> voices. Um, his USS passion. Indianapolis claymation movie. His passion project. His passion project. Yeah. Uh, a mouthful of semen. Great song. song. So good. So, all right. Uh, that is episode six of Lady Dynamite. We're still loving it. Um, let's see. Do we, uh, you guys have anything else to say before we sign off? Um, any quotes or anything? Oh, um... I, from the last episode, my favorite quote was, I would love to have a fun cocktail, but I'm up to my earballs in psych meds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was such a good one. I don't know. It's funny. That's yep. funny. That's me. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thank you for, please like and comment and share our panel if you should be so inclined. Um, I am Tamara Brown. You can find me on Twitter at Brown Tamara. You can find me on Instagram at Tamara underscore blue. And I'm Kelsey Hightower, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at at Hightower. I'm Lisa Mason Lee, and you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.